0: Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that...
1: Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night.
0: Hello, galactic glamazons. My goodness, did we miss you last month. But because of our trusty crew of volunteers, we have settled into our new space that is three times bigger. What do you gal pals think of our new space? Woo!
1: You love it, Bonnie, yeah. can you hear the books as well? Yes, sweet. <laughs> I'm raising the roof because I'm used to Zoom.
2: Yes, I like it.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Uh, well, if you have been thinking about visiting us or sending us books, don't worry because our contact info and even our address hasn't changed. We simply moved into a bigger space in the Nickel Plate Arts Campus. You can now find us on the second floor of the Judge Stone House. That is the main brick building with a lovely gallery on the first floor. So you can see some artwork before you come visit us. But let's get back to this podcasting fun because this month we are focusing on environmental gals. It's perfect because Earth Day is this month. Spring is in the air. Maybe even flowers and plants and veggies and fruits are popping up in gardens all over the place. Who knows? So let me introduce my fellow gal pals and see how green their thumbs are. First up, I know her thumb is green, not only because it could have paint on it, but also because she's an amazing (laughs) visual artist and she is an avid gardener. It's Bonnie Feldworth, ladies and gentlemen. Bonnie, what have you been up to since the last episode?
2: Well, today I was covering up my plants for this nice uh two day frost we got coming right. up. Right! You would think. Yeah. We wouldn't
0: have a frost anymore, but no. No.
2: <laughs> last frost day here is not till like the end of April. But wow. but yeah, no, it's gonna get down to like twenty seven and then twenty one. Yeah. Hard frost is like twenty eight. So gotcha. it's putting out plastic and bed sheets. And it was windy, and my neighbors, I'm sure, heard me cussing up a storm.
0: <laughs> I'm just glad you didn't like Mary Poppins away. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, create yourself a little little hot air balloon and blow away. <laughs> so next up is down-the-road neighbor from me, who I fear her garden might be on hold because a certain new puppy yeah. seems to eat
2: everything.
0: <laughs> uh, but let's find out. So
2: welcome back to Katie Harris. Yay! thank you yes I'm thinking garden yeah. already but I know it's a risk it is yeah Gunner but eats everything eats everything yeah. it is true absolutely <laughs> and I mean this is actually edible food I mean right Probably yeah. some you shouldn't eat though, but probably we'll yes. We'll have to be super mm-hmm. careful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did want to say, um, since we didn't talk last month, I haven't been able to brag on how great book club's been going. Yes. yes. Oh, this is we very true. Gals Guide Book Club, yep. and now we have done three meetings. Um, they've all been fantastic. Yes. Great discussions. Good books so far. Oh yeah. So, and um, the lady I'm going to talk about this month is going to tie into book club. <gasps> oh my so goodness! Be, well, like, as our preview. book club manager,
0: I approve. (laughs) And I'm excited! It's like a sneak peek. A sneak peek, yes. (laughs) I love it! Well, returning to the program is a gal who I'm not sure if she's got a green thumb for gardening, but I know she's got some background in environmental law. So, welcome back to Rebecca Burfanger. Yay! Rebecca!
1: (laughs) Tell the good people, again, about your beautiful self. So, I'm a journalist, a lawyer, and a professor. And I recently started my own podcast. I interviewed Leah on that uh, yes! last summer. It's kind of a work in progress. So I won't talk too much about that. Oh, um, it's fun. All podcasts are. Okay. All right. Cool. And um, I do have a small garden. Well, it's a big garden, but my part of it is I just pick tomatoes off the oh, tomato okay. plant once those come out in like late summer through early fall forever. That works. Um, mm-hmm. Until the frost. So yeah, that's kind of my. And I'm hoping to put some wildflowers in the yard this year because as much yes. as I love mowing and my yard is tiny, <laughs> it's nice to have those pretty, like, just native plants. Yeah, that, don't they help the bees, Yeah, too? they attract mm-hmm. pollinators, yes. they attract butterflies, yep. they just look nice. And we have some patches in the yard that don't get a lot of sun, so it might be if we can yeah. find some that, like, shade, we could put some of those out. So Perfect. that's my, that's as far as I've gotten as a this recording so there you go <laughs> so That's maybe by the time totally. my episode comes out it'll be oh yeah a year from now both thumbs are <laughs> gonna be totally green. Right. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm Dr. Leah Leach. I'm the executive director of Scott, and I've got a wonderful husband uh, who not only created a wonderful garden at our house, so I don't have to worry about any mm-hmm. of that, uh, but he's also planted roses for me that are named after famous women. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. We have a Julia Child rose, which is mm-hmm. kind of like the color of butter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got a Frida Kahlo rose, which is like pinkish, orangish, mm-hmm. and a little bit of reddish. It's kind of ombre, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also got a rose from France, It's not technically the Alice Guy Blanchet Rose, but that is what we call it. (laughs) Because we're like, well, we just got to have an Alice Guy Mm -hmm. Rose. Um, So I love nature, but I have a 10 minute sunburn window. So it takes a lot to actually get me to be outside because otherwise I turn into a lobster. It's also a long time to, like, lather up and all that kind of good stuff to Mm -hmm. even go outside. So it really doesn't happen. Thank goodness I have a library. Mm -hmm. Uh, So now speaking of outside, though, we have all gathered to have one really cool environmental gal to share. And normally this is where I say who wants to go first. But it's me who's going first this time. (laughs) And I don't usually go first. (laughs) Uh, But my gal actually has a birthday birthday. Uh, two days after this airs. So I figured, hey, I will go first so that way you can celebrate her glorious birthday because uh, her birthday is on April 7th. So if you're listening to this maybe a little bit after, <laughs> it actually airs. um, April 7th is when her birthday is. She was born in Minnesota and I was born in Minnesota. So mm. it all just seemed like it started to like become a thing. It just felt right. So it also helps that Katie's phone goes off. (laughs) It also helps that I think this girl is a total badass. I have fallen in love with her. So my one cool environmental gal is Madry Stoneman Douglas. Have you ever heard of her? Yes. 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 Okay, sweet. Katie's like, oh my God, no. (laughs) I will tell you all about her and stuff. So she is also known as the grand
2: Dame of the Everglades. Is that how you know her, Katie? The grand Actually, Dame? Actually, this is like ringing a bell now oh, that you okay. said that. There you go. I think yes. that yeah. I read a, a few little things about her when we were researching this topic last. Yes. Week. Okay, there yeah, you go. Very the interesting. Everglades
0: Lady yeah. is mostly how she is known. She also has a school named after her, which I will totally come back to. <laughs> <laughs> i tell you a little bit about her and then the school will totally kind of make sense. So uh, so, Marjorie was born in 1890? Hell of a long time ago. Uh, she was an only child, actually. And her mom was a concert violinist, and her dad had some failed business adventures. He could never seem to really keep anything going. Um, and because of that, her parents actually divorced when she was six. Um, and her mother also wasn't the most stable and was actually committed to mental institutions several times. Right, exactly. So, the way out of this kind of rough childhood that she started with was reading and writing her own stories. That's the way she kind of like escaped and stuff. So, she won awards for her writing and she went to Wesleyan College in Massachusetts. So, she escaped Minnesota because that's what all good girls do. <laughs> speaking of myself uh so just before finishing college her mother found a lump on her breast and even Mm. though she had surgery pretty soon for it um her mother died only a few months later it Mm. had metastasized her entire body Mm. so two years after college majoring now without her mother and father around uh she married a newspaper editor who was 30 years older than her And his name was Kenneth Douglas. That's where the Douglas part of her name comes from. Somehow he was a con artist and he was already married to another woman. Mm. She's having a great start, isn't she? Uh,
1: um. Yes.
0: (laughs) So, uh, well, her uncle recommended, girl, you got to get out of here and go to Miami. So Miami is kind of where her life really started and we're actually kind of like an upswing for it really happened. And what year was that? 1915. Okay. So, and believe it or not, in 1915, there was not a lot of people in Miami. This was not like the megatown that we think of it now. <laughs> There was only like 5,000 people living in Miami when she moved there in 1915. So, so not
2: the not the Will Smith music video. No, <laughs> not at all. P Diddy was not even there
0: yet. It was amazing. Um it was mostly a pass-through town like it had a train and it had boats going to the Keys. So it was mostly just like a pass-through town like there was nothing going on there. Uh but she found a steady job writing for the Miami Herald. It did help that her father who was in between stable jobs at the time was actually the publisher of the Miami Herald or at least what became the Miami Herald because they, they bought up smaller companies and it became that. So, um, but she learned a lot about South Florida at that time. And she made a name for herself too, because she had a certain voice when she was a writer, she was very sassy. Mm -hmm. Even when they made her write stupid stuff about like gossip, you know what I mean? And like tea parties and stuff like that. She had her own voice about it, which was very nice um, but she became so popular that she actually quit the paper to become a freelance writer, to actually make money as a writer full time. She wrote 109 fiction articles and mm. stories. 40 of her stories were published in the Saturday Evening Post, which, you know, we've most of us have probably heard of at one mm-hmm. point or another. Um, so many of her stories featured animals and landscapes of the Florida Everglades. She wrote about what she knew, she wrote about what she was surrounded by, and she absolutely liked writing about nature. So it wasn't like a big surprise when a publisher approached her to write a story about the Miami River. And that research led her to finding out more about the Miami River and the surrounding areas because she said the Miami River was something like one mile long of boring. Like there wasn't (laughs) a lot to write about. It was like, what are you talking about the Miami River? But because she was studying so much, she was learning about kind of the, the history and the sociology of the Everglades mm-hmm. that kind of surrounded it as well. So because the publisher wanted a piece for the Rivers of America series, um, and she wanted to write about the Everglades, <laughs> mm-hmm. she said, could she call it a river of grass? Hmm. So that's kind of how, cause she's very much known for calling the Everglades a river of glass. That's what her main book that she wrote, she wrote like 20 books, but that's one of her main books, but it was so it would fit into that publisher's, <laughs> it has to be about a river. Well, it's a river of grass, <laughs> same thing, right? Um, so she wrote that book river of grass. It was published in 1947 hmm. and it sold out in less than a month. Hmm. It was like hugely popular Um, it was a massive movement then to help save the Everglades because they actually, you know, they could picture it in their Mm -hmm. mind's eye. They could see that it was worth saving. It sold over a half a million copies since Mm -hmm. it was published. So it did really, really well. And it set the foundation for Rachel Carson's book, Mm -hmm. Silent Spring. So Silent Spring was about DDT and pesticides. And that was in 1962, So that kind of, the idea of writing a book about environmental in a kind of almost fiction narrative, almost um, nonfiction narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to say it even started with Marjorie, but I mean, she helped. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She helped it keep going and stuff. So when Marjorie was 79 years old, (laughs) uh, she founded the Friends of the Everglades Mm -hmm. to protest construction of a jet port in the big cypress portion of the Everglades. And she justified her involvement by saying, quote, it is a woman's business to be interested in the environment. It is extended form of housekeeping. Mm. <laughs> that was her way of saying, I totally belong in this. So if you're telling me to get back to the kitchen, <laughs> mm. then think of it as housekeeping. <laughs> uh, but Big Sugar which was very much Mm. like in Florida and the army Corps of engineers, which usually likes to build like dams and water ducks and Mm. stuff like that. Uh, they really fought her. Like they did Mm. not like her at all. They really didn't like her book. Mm. They didn't like her columns. Uh, they wanted to divert the water. They wanted to pollute the lake, of course. Uh, but she was not having it. And (laughs) she actually sat in a press conference directly to their faces Quote, their mommies obviously never let them play with mud pies, so they can take it out on us by playing with cement. Oh. Yeah. There was at one point, one of the Army Corps of Engineers, like, dropped his pen. It was, like, a panel of them, and she was there, and he dropped his pen, and he's, like, reaching down to get his pen, and she's like, you can't hide
1: from me! <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> I mean, it wasn't what he was trying to do, and she knows that, but it was the idea of, yeah, yeah she was, like, lightly... Not lightly. She was threatening them. It was beautiful. (laughs) So she was loathed by the powers that be, which totally makes sense. Uh, But she was massively loved by the people. Mm. So the activists and the environmentalists really, really loved her. And the National Park Service in 1986 established the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Award to anybody who went through great lengths to actually preserve and fight for the national park system. So she has an award named after her. Uh, The Queen, Queen Elizabeth II, actually came to visit her. Mm. I know, right? Uh, And she was also given the Presidential Medal of Freedom by Bill Clinton. Mm. Right? Mm. Uh, The Florida governor actually kind of like said this about her. It was a nice way to... Because she's a complicated lady and she's kind of hard to describe. But I thought that the Florida governor, uh, Lawton Childs, actually said it really good. He said... Marjorie was the first voice to really wake a lot of us up to what we were doing with our quality of life. She was not just a pioneer of the environmental movement. She was a prophet. She was calling us up to save the environment for our children and the environment for our grandchildren. Mm. So she was kind of like the y'all can do better kind Mm. of lady. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Challenging you in a stern, (laughs) stern, stern way. Um, She started getting into the Everglades story when she wrote it in 47. Her Mm. activism really took place when she was in her 70s, 80s, Mm. 90s. Mm. She lived to 108. Mm. I know, right? And up to 108, (laughs) she was still fighting. Um, She actually said... I may not be able to see so well, but I can still talk. <laughs> so she could still yell at you, even if she couldn't see you. <laughs> she was determined to like keep it going. Uh, but she died at the age of 108. She had a really crappy start to her life, um, but she made every second of it count when she really found her passion. Um, she fought people to be better and to not take crap, <laughs> which I really, really liked about it. So which brings me back to the school, right? Okay, so there are two schools named in her honor. There's an elementary school in Miami Dade in Florida, and there's also a high school in Parkland, Florida. Hmm. So yes, the Parkland was the scene of the de- the hmm. deadly mass shooting in 2018. Hmm. That was actually at the school that is named for her. Um if you remember those days after the shooting, the students got really vocal, hmm. right? They were protesting and they're still protesting. Mm -hmm, They're like mm -hmm. still going to government officials and trying to protest changes to their own environment. So I kind of thought it was like really, really fitting because I think that Marjorie would have been horrified Mm -hmm. of what happened to those kids, Mm -hmm. but very proud of them for using their voice and for standing up for what's right. Because she even said in a quote, "Uh, you have to stand up for some things in this world. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, that totally yes. echoes the Parkland kids. Mm-hmm. So um, Douglas also in a in a library, little library tip, because, you know, mm-hmm. we love the libraries, right? She also co-founded the Friends of Miami-Dade Public Libraries with her longtime friend Helen Muir, who mm-hmm. was also a journalist. Um, and Marjorie actually served as its first president as well. Mm-hmm. So she had a little library connection to mm-hmm. her. Nice. Uh, so this April seventh, give a little thanks for Marjorie for fighting that river of grass and showing us how things do matter. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so yes, did you guys have any? Uh, do you guys have any thoughts or quotes from Marjorie that you can think of? <laughs> or any Marjorie stories?
2: There was a uh,
0: drunk history on her. Do you remember the drunk history on I her? I
2: see the drunk history on her. Okay, I knew there is one her. on her. From shortly after the shooting, mm-hmm. I want to say I don't think it was the History Chicks. I think it was, um, one of the stuff you should know. Gotcha. Like probably the History one I did one on oh, her. and I sweet. was like, oh, okay.
0: see, she almost always wore like a uh, floppy hat and big old glasses, <laughs> either sunglasses or you know glasses, glasses. But yeah. So she always look like an old grandma? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Roaming around the Everglades. Have you guys ever gone to the Everglades? Mm -hmm. I have.
2: Gotcha. What'd you think? Yeah. It's beautiful. See? Very interesting. Although, mm, the story I remember most, because I was a kid when I went, is about my brother, and it's not a cute story. (laughs) Your brother
0: tried to ruin it? (laughs)
2: No. um, We took one of those, like, uh, fan... Boats out in oh, yeah, Everglades. Yeah, and he—I remember very distinctly—he was wearing a white T-shirt. Oh no! Um, and every time a bug would land on him, he would slap it instead of just waiting it for it to fly away. Oh! So by the time we were done with this boat ride, he was covered in corpses bugs, yeah bugs- <laughs> yeah they look like the front grill they of your car do
0: say that bugs uh, really really like white I mean, yeah. white clothing yeah. and so yeah That's he good. was the bug zapper he I, was. Oh. yeah
2: yeah That's very cool. very interesting beautiful but <laughs> very full of bugs because it's a great habitat for them right mm-hmm. exactly right <laughs>
0: see Mm -hmm. I love it I've only been to the uh the northern part of the Everglades I've never been down kind of like Miami Mm. or Keys or Mm. South Florida where I hear it's a lot prettier Mm. Uh, (laughs) but I have not been down that way yeah (laughs) that wraps it up for us this week join us next week as our next gal pal shares her one cool environmental gal as the guest guide podcast continues thanks for listening